Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Young Adult Podcast. Milana here with Connor. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Episode 90. <laughs> that was a good air horn compared to Whitney's air horn. Whitney's air horn sucked. <laughs> but in some ways, it's legendary. So that's why we it keep is. it. You may or may not hear it on the 100th episode in celebration, which is our next podcast. Yes. It's episode coming 100 coming up. What sort of things do we have in store? No idea. <laughs> We're still brainstorming. I do know this. We are giving a retreat giveaway. We might even do two. I don't know how generous we're feeling. Yeah, it depends on how we feel. But we are going to have a retreat, maybe possibly two completely paid for. If you don't know what our retreat is, you're missing out. Every fall, uh, last weekend of September, beginning of October, we go up to the mountains, do a three-day getaway, Y retreat. Ranch. It's amazing. Best Where thing we do. Yes, my favorite event we put on. Yeah. Um, and you get to go for free if you listen to this podcast and follow the rules that we will set next <laughs> <laughs> time we record. It'll be great. It'll be amazing. Some retreat giveaways, also some fun stuff on that podcast. So don't miss the 100th episode. I cannot believe we've been doing. This for 100 100 episodes, episodes man. That's started crazy. started in COVID. What started a, in COVID. As a way to just and we, do something. Yeah. What started in the ashes and we rose <laughs> like the dove. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So biblical. I was going to say Phoenix, but. <laughs> All right, guys. I am having trouble focusing. Connor is in a chaotic mood today. It's. I think it's because we forced him to drink Olipop. Oh, yeah. Good grief. All right. Uh, Episode well, 99. Yes, I'm excited for this one today. If you listen to the last podcast, um, we referenced it a little bit. We had like a brain dump podcast. We just sort of shared what was on our hearts lately, what we've been learning, what we're up to. Um, and Connor mentioned um, something that the Lord has been teaching him lately and something he's kind of been camping out on is this lesson on insecurity. And I know that you and I have talked about this one on one, and in times where you're <laughs> pastoring me and like teaching me, and I was so excited for you to do and talk a little bit more about this because this is just, um, I think, a topic that is really prevalent, especially in young adults, especially in today's day and age with like um, social media and the comparison game and everything everybody's going through. Um, so, we're going to be doing a podcast on insecurity. Connor calls it the, what is it? The purpose killer. Yeah, the purpose killer, insecurity. And so yes. let's just kind of dive in. What did you, what would you say is like at the very heart of like insecurity and people feeling insecure? Um, I think at the heart of insecurity is comparison, but I think that you kind of got to go back a little, even like a little further. Mm -hmm. I think like so much of the Bible talks about pride and we yeah. never we never lump insecurity in with pride, but insecurity is like the shadow of pride. That's so good. Pride thinks too much of yourself. Mm -hmm. Insecurity thinks too little of yourself, but you're still thinking about yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that 
insecurity is like a false humility. At the heart of insecurity is comparison, but before that, we've kind of got to go back a little bit further. I think a lot of people um, don't really lump insecurity in as like a sin or like a problem. I don't know if I'd go as far to say that it's a, a sin, um, but I think it dances around that sin camp, and here's why. The Bible is very clear about pride. Pride comes before a fall. Pride is thinking too highly of yourself. Insecurity is thinking too little of yourself, but you're still obsessed with yourself. Yeah. Insecurity is just a, it's a negative form of self-obsession, mm. where pride is more of like a positive, I guess, or like aggressive form of like self-obsession. Um, but at the heart of insecurity, so insecurity and pride are like dancing partners. Like, yeah. They're, they're the same thing manifest in opposite ways. Mm. But at the heart of insecurity, I would say, is always some type of comparison. For pride, you're comparing yeah. yourself and how you're better than other people. For insecurity, you're comparing your insufficiencies with others' proficiencies. Um, that's one thing that I struggled with a lot. Um, a lot of this, like me talking about this, just kind of comes from my own journey with overcoming insecurity. For the longest time, I was insecure, and I kind of masked it as humility. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it, it's almost like that Paul talks about having a thorn in the side and how, like, God God is, can actually, like, use it. I'm like, oh, this might be, like, my little thorn. They're like, I'll always be humble. I'll never think too much of myself. But, again, I was always, like, thinking of myself, and I was always comparing my insufficiencies with others' proficiencies. Like, mm -hmm. for me, I am, I'm introverted. Uh, it... it it's hard for me to just go make new friends at random. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I was invited to this young adult pastor meetup in Atlanta where I got to hang out with a bunch of different young adult pastors um, from all across the country. And my wife, like, had to force me to go. And not because I'm, like, insecure in the sense of, like, nobody will like me. Like, I, I'm not going to – nobody wants to be my friend. Like, not like that. I just I, – I'm so, like, uh, introverted. Yeah. It, it just – I hate being in scenarios where, like, conversation is, like, forced. So my wife, like, had to force me to go to this thing. Like, literally, like, the day or two leading up, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go, like, trying to be, like, spiritual. Like, I just need to be a dad with my kids or, like, whatever. <laughs> Um, make a spiritual excuse. For yeah, that. but the re like one of the reasons is like growing up, I've always compared people who have the ability to just go in a room and make friends with like yeah. everybody. Um, one person I think of a lot, and and not that I compared myself to this person like specifically, but like um, I got a buddy named Cam who's in real estate. <laughs> but shout out Cam. Yes, Cam has never met a stranger. Right. Cam goes into a room. Life of the party. Life of the party. Just knows everyone, shakes mm -hmm. everybody's hand. That's just not me. That's not my gifting. And so I uh, I used to always, like, for example, like something like that, compare my insufficiency with others, like proficiency. Mm -hmm. But what I've kind of learned is, like, we are all insufficient in some way. Yeah. And I think, like, until you can learn to embrace your insufficiency and celebrate others' proficiency, you'll always be insecure. Yeah. Um. Insecurity stems from a gap between what you have versus what you think you need. Mm. And it's not believing that God has given you everything that you need yeah. to accomplish the gifting and call on your life. You feel like you need something outside of yourself that you currently don't have. Now, this doesn't mean mm. that you can't grow. Right. It doesn't mean you can't sharpen 
uh, different weaknesses you might have and become better, become more proficient. Like I mm-hmm. always push myself to be more social, to be more outgoing, to remember people's names, like stuff like that. Um, but at some point you have to be okay with somebody being better at you than something. Yes. Um, and you have to learn to celebrate that and not see that as an insufficiency in your own life. Um, because you're setting yourself up for comparison. Right. And comparison is the breeding ground of all insecurity. Yeah. First Samuel 18, like, so as I'm kind of, as I was kind of like walking through this and more specifically, I felt like God was walking me through this. This literally almost came out of nowhere. I was comparing myself with somebody kind of mentally in my head. And I felt like God just dropped this like little Bible study in my, in my lap and was like, you need to like read this and focus on this. But if you look at the life of Saul, he is the most, I want to say, untapped potential in the entire Bible. Mm. Um, maybe Judas. Um, yeah, maybe walking with Jesus and turning your back on him. That might be some untapped <laughs> potential. But, but Saul, Old Testament at least, had so much potential and wasted so much of it because he was insecure. Right. Um, and it started with comparison. So 1 Samuel 18, 6 through 9, it says this. It said, uh, this is between Saul and David. When, when men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine Goliath, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing. So David did something, but Saul was the one that was like getting the credit because he was the king. Yeah. It said, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres, as they danced, they sang, Saul has slayed thousands and David tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. This made Saul very angry. This refrain displeased him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. So the first time we really see Saul, his insecurity almost like lash out is when he is comparing himself with David. Now, Saul was an insecure person to begin with. It right. says that when the prophet went to anoint him, he was hiding he in suitcases. Yeah. He was hiding in luggage. Um, so already he had an improper narrative of himself. But when insecurity really starts to do damage in your life is when you start to when it gets to the place of like full blown comparison. I think yeah. all of us in our life wrestle with maybe negative talk, negative image issues, mm-hmm. body image issues, or talent issues, right. like I said, like comparing your insufficiencies with others' proficiencies. But when it latches on to a person or people um, and, and you start truly comparing, um, not just like, oh, this is something I want to build or grow, but like I'm comparing myself to this person. They have what I want. I don't have what it takes. That's when it can really start getting ugly. And we see yeah. like right here, David did something which saw being the king should have gotten the greater credit for, Mm -hmm. but he couldn't even see that because they had accredited uh, David defeating more people in battle than Saul. And so it always starts with uh, comparing yourself to somebody else or something you think you need that you don't Mm -hmm. currently have. That's so good. That honestly kind of leads into like the next point. I remember this is like one of my favorite things you like in this little insecurity talk, I remember sitting down with you in a time in my life where I was just struggling and I was angry and I was talking to you about this person and this, and I'm upset about this situation and I'm feeling all of this. And we talked for two hours 
ended up having an insecurity talk and something you said that has stuck with me for like forever is that insecurity creates enemies in your life that don't actually exist. Yeah. Which is like so good. Talk about like that a little bit more with our people because I love this this point. Yeah, if you battle with insecurity and you battle with comparison, you're always going to create an enemy out of somebody that could be like an ally or a friend, a coworker, whatever. Like insecurity needs an enemy. It needs somebody to. Yeah, somebody to like. And it needs either a false view of reality, meaning like it needs, like I said, like this idea that you need something to accomplish what God has before you that you don't currently have. Um, or it like needs a person that you think you need to be or ha- or does have what it takes yeah. um, to like attach itself to. And so what it does is it creates false narratives around people that turn them into enemies. It mm-hmm. turns them into um, the the thing that you need to be or achieve or accomplish to get where you need to go. And one thing insecurity always does is it vilifies or creates narratives around people's motives. Yeah, I think this is like one of the biggest things about insecurity is you look at somebody's success. You can look at somebody like the things that they've accomplished, the things that they've overcome not even knowing their backstory, not even knowing the reality of maybe what they've had to walk through to get to where they're at, but it creates narratives around somebody's motives that may not be true. Like, again, from just what we read, it says it's uh, that they credited, this is Saul thinking or talking, they've credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? Hmm. So Saul's mind immediately goes from, David has defeated more people in battle than me. Well, he's coming after my throne. Right. Nobody, even David, had that thought. Yeah, if we that see wasn't intention. Yeah, we see all throughout scripture, David honored Saul's kingship so much yeah. that as this guy was hunting him down like a dog trying to kill him and take his life, David wouldn't touch him. And the one time that he did cut off a piece of his robe, he felt bad and repented for it. Right. So Saul creates this narrative that David has what I need. David has what it takes. And it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because at the end, yeah. David does have what he needs. He, ne- he needs humility. He needs to love God. He needs to stop thinking so much of himself. Um, but David has what I need. People see something in David that I mm-hmm. don't have or haven't accomplished. Well, clearly he's coming after the kingdom. Right. Saul immediately vilifies David. He creates an enemy out of David mm-hmm. where David could have probably been his closest ally, his greatest warrior, his greatest form of support, um, and then a God-honoring handing over of the kingdom when Saul was done ruling. But what happens is Saul creates an enemy out of him. He creates narratives around the motives of David that weren't even true. David defeated Goliath to liberate Israel from Philistine oppression. Saul immediately takes that victory and creates a narrative that David defeated Goliath to take the kingdom out of Saul's hands. Two completely different things it's based crazy. off the same action, the, the, the reality that had taken place. Mm-hmm. I think narrative is so important. And when you're an insecure person, an insecure leader, you will always find yourself creating narratives around people's motives 
that 99% of the time aren't true. Yeah. And if they are true, then you can address it and correct right. it or have hard conversations. But 99% of the time you create reasons people did things that aren't true mm-hmm. to one, either pacify your passivity mm-hmm. or to give yourself an excuse why you're not like accomplishing the same thing or just so you don't have to celebrate others' proficiencies. Right. You know what I mean? Like like we said earlier, you are insufficient in some area. Yeah. You are not Jesus. You you do have insufficiencies that yeah. others are great at. And if you can't celebrate that, you'll start creating narratives around why that person has it mm-hmm. and you don't. That's so good. And what you see happen is it starts to create distance. Yeah. Like you will then distance yourself from the person or the thing you're comparing yeah. yourself to. Create more. It's like crazy to me because I'm thinking back to like if you would have seen someone like Cam who's like good with people and like right when you met him been like I don't like that guy or he's like doing that for this reason or what's his deal or you know and like oh he must be like lobbying for something you would have missed out on like one of your best friends yeah he's amazing and he's so great and it like that is like the choice I think is like you can see it's so good (laughs) and it's amazing what can happen if you like choose to like not create that false narrative and not like let your your own insecurity and insufficiencies like make someone else a villain yeah it's so yeah don't don't vilify the person that you most feel insecurity about normally like that's a sign that you need to humble yourself and learn how to like celebrate that person Mm -hmm. um the second you want to vilify somebody they're probably it's it's probably on you Mm -hmm. and you need to humble yourself and like celebrate that person right I kind of think the heart, the more I've studied this, the heart of like all gossip stems from a level of insecurity. Now, that might not be true in the sense of like, sometimes you just want to get in people's business because you're nosy. (laughs) But like when gossip really spreads, when it's damaging, I mean, all gossip's damaging, but when it's really going after somebody's reputation or creating a narrative around somebody, it's because you feel insecure yeah. Around that person, and you're what they bring to, to the table. Control the narrative. You're trying to control the narrative. You're yeah. trying to belittle that person. You're trying to make them start from a place of, like, from like a deficit. Mm-hmm. So they've got to earn something back. Right. Um, and you're making somebody's life way harder than it needs to be. Um, all because you are dealing with an issue. Yeah. Nothing to do with them right. specifically. And if, it, if there is something wrong, if there is sin, we have a biblical precedent to address that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's you creating narrative because you feel insufficient or insecure, that's sin. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying, like insecurity. And pride. Yeah, like in and of itself might not be a sin if you feel like, if you're having like a hard day or like yeah. whatever, but I'm talking about like the fruits of insecurity are mm-hmm. always sinful. Yeah, because if you're like looking at somebody else and you're like, oh, they're this way, or like, oh, they, they do this, I don't do that. Yeah. I'm not that way. Like that you're still thinking about yourself and it almost like becomes like if you were to look at someone who's this is like the only example I can think of I'm so sorry to keep using it but if you were to look at someone who's like good with people and you're like oh they're just like lobbying I'm not that way and like you said it's like a false humility that like almost runs in tandem with pride and then that does become sinful yeah. at that point it's saying what they their gift is wrong but mine's right yeah instead so. of just being like oh they've got that gift and I have this gift yeah. It's like their gift is wrong or they're using their gift in a wrong way Mm -hmm. instead of just like, 
oh, wow, that's a proficiency for them. Mm-hmm. That's an insufficiency for me. I have I have proficiencies that they don't have, yeah. but I'm not looking at that. I'm only looking at where I feel like I need I need something. Yeah, that's so, good. I love yeah. what you said about gossip because I feel like it kind of leads into another thing that you've said before is that insecurity like kind of creates an unsafe space for others. Yeah. And I, I know you talked about like when like leaders are insecure, like how it creates unsafe workspaces and things like that. And you've talked a lot about like Saul and David and stuff, um, which I think is just like the perfect example, but talk more about like that unsafe space and how insecurity can kind of contribute to that and how we see that play out in this story of Saul and David. Yeah. Here's what's hard. I think, to some degree, every leader is insecure. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. I think an insecure leader is the most dangerous person to work for. Right. Because. Like the fruit of like unchecked insecurity. Yes. Um, every I think everybody wrestles with insecurity right. to some degree. But a truly insecure leader is the most dangerous person because they will be the most hurtful person to work for. I mm-hmm. used to think that. Leaders who wounded, wounded out of pride, but insecurity wears the mask of pride to come off as like brave or powerful. Some of the most, some of the people who project the most loud or confrontational or or powerful demeanors are just like, what? How? What am I trying to say? Like people who have to project strength. Right. Are masking insecurity. Right. People who try to come off as like, well, I'm just a straight shooter. I don't care about feelings. I just tell it how it is. Right. That's because you're insecure. Yeah. It's not because you're strong. Right. No, strong people know when to step into strength and know when to be empathetic. Mm -hmm. Strong people know when to have grace and know when to have hard conversations. They know when to tell it how it is or to like cater to the moment or the feelings or the emotions. All that is, all you're saying, like when I hear people say that is, I'm insecure about my ro- my role. I'm insecure about my position. I'm insecure about what people might think about me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pretend to be secure by being a straight shooter, like yeah. hard butt. Because <laughs> right. I can't cuss on this pre- podcast. Because <laughs> I don't cuss anyway. Yeah. But no. No, <laughs> um, well, that's good. And I feel like it goes again back to that insecurity and pride just like run in tandem together yeah because it's like you're coming off as almost prideful but underneath it is deep Deep insecurity insecurity. yeah Yeah. and deep insecurity wounds the deepest Mm -hmm. um again the life of Saul uh first Samuel 18 10 through 15 it says the next day an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul he was prophesying in his house while David was playing the liar and he usually as he usually did Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid. Now look, look, this is is literally what it is. Saul tried to hurt David in an act of aggression and power because he was afraid. Like, that's that's insecurity. Like, I am afraid, therefore I'm going to hurt you. I'm afraid that you have what... I don't have that I think I need. Therefore, I'll wound you mm-hmm. so you can't step into the calling. It's a fear uh, of yeah. if other people see in you what I see in you, right. they're going to like you more than they like me. 
therefore, I'll, therefore I'll wound you. Ugh, so yeah. you don't let that proficiency in your life shine. Wow. And that way I can stay in my position of power mm-hmm. while you stay in your position of subordinacy to me. Right. And again, Saul, this is foolish. Saul's robbing from himself because mm-hmm. David w- was the best warrior. He was the best musician. He was yeah. probably the best leader. And if Saul was secure, he could have used David to build up his kingdom, his legacy, yeah. God's agenda, and then been a great mentor to somebody who would carry the mantle further than he could when his time was done. Yeah. We see so David's good. motives. He's not trying to rob. He's not trying to steal. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to have a coup. But that's what Saul thinks he's doing. And so his response is to hurt him. Mm. So it says Saul, because he was afraid. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and David uh, was with David but had departed from Saul. So he sent David away um, from him and gave him a command over a thousand men. And David led troops in their campaign. And everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw... Ironic. When Saul (laughs) saw how successful David was, he was what? Afraid of him. Talks about fear twice. Um, Man, I said insecure leaders are probably the most dangerous to work for. Insecure leaders create unsafe spaces for employees because there can be, there's no honesty available. Yeah. And there's no, you can't be honest. You're always having to cater to the moods of the insecure leader. Mm. So like, for example, when Aaron and I first got married and I started preaching more consistently, I was really insecure about my preaching. I always compared myself to like other people, both on our staff and out in the world. Um, And whenever Aaron would give me a critique or, hey, you said this, I feel like it wasn't as clear Maybe next time, think of it like portraying it as this or just whatever. I immediately got my feelings hurt. I immediately shut mm-hmm. her down. I would be like, "Oh, you just don't understand." Like, "Oh, actually, that's like a what you're what you're saying like isn't a great like communication technique." Here's why I, I wanted to do, but really, my feelings were hurt right. because I felt insecure. And so, what I wanted to do was shut her down. And so, for a long time, she's more honest now, and I've grown up. I'm not a big baby. I can like take her feedback. Um, she would just not say anything. She would yeah. only give me compliments on what right. I did well. She would never tell me if something was unclear or how I could improve because I created an unsafe space for her yeah. to give honest feedback. Mm-hmm. An insecure leader cannot take honest feedback. Right. Now, I'm not saying if you if you work for somebody who's insecure, I, I think that you should just be up in their face, like <laughs> always like giving them just the, the cold, hard truth and nothing. Like there's tact to everything that you need to do. But a secure leader can be both celebrated and critiqued by like the right people. You know what I mean? Um, And when they're insecure, they take things that are actually for their benefit and make unsafe spaces. Like Mm -hmm. David would play the liar to appease the mood, the anxiety, the depression, the spirit, quote unquote, that would fall on Saul. David was there for Saul's benefit, and Saul tried to kill him. Hmm. Like, he created an unsafe environment to where eventually David had to run for his life. Yeah. Insecure leaders create unsafe spaces for, their, for people that they lead to the point where eventually people just have to leave yeah. because there's it's nowhere not, else for them to yeah. go. They cannot, 
insecurity can never be appeased. Yeah. It is a wildfire, always looking for more to consume. Um, And once you try to appease somebody's insecurity, you realize that it's only gonna it's only gonna take more. It's only gonna yeah. take more. It's so only gonna good. take they're eventually so gonna true. have to be the best. They're gonna have to be the best speaker. That's gotta be the best message you've ever heard in your life. That's gotta be the best staff meeting. That's gotta be the best right. what whatever it is. Like it it's it can never be satisfied. Yeah. You know what Short I mean? Short of perfection. Short of perfection. Which is yes. not possible. Yeah. Not an option. Insecure leaders are create unsafe spaces. There's no it's hard to have, um, what am I trying to think? Like group think because mm-hmm. every idea, the best ideas have to be the leader's idea. Yeah. It can't be, it can't be like, oh, hey, like Janice, Janice. <laughs> hey, great idea. We're going to implement that next quarter or something yeah. like that. You like, you always have to figure out a way to make the leader think it was like their idea. Ugh, um, yeah. And so, dude, when you're an insecure, if you lead in any capacity, right. I would say before anything, tackle your insecurity because mm-hmm. insecurity robs you of the brilliance of everybody on your team. Yeah. Because you always have to have the best idea. You always have to have your way. And eventually, if your staff just want the paycheck and want to stay around, they will make you think every good idea is your idea. And they won't they won't give you your their best because you can't handle their best Mm -hmm. because you see good ideas. You see other people's genius as a threat to your own. Um, And it, and all it does is create a place of instability, unsafe, like they feel unsafe. And so eventually like David had to, they're going to, they're just going to leave because there's no room for growth anymore. You have to be as as the leader, you have to be the top dog, no matter what. There's no room for anyone. There's no room for anybody else. And that is eventually what we see in the life of Saul and the life of David. Um, And unfortunately, I believe that I think that is insecurity gone unchecked for a long time. Yeah. But I think that is the sort of the end of the road for insecurity is isolation. You wow. always end up isolated because you can't have close friendships yeah, because you can't, be around other people. you can't be around other people. You're always comparing yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't work with other people because they're all, you're always creating narratives around their motives or whatever. Yeah. You can't even lead other people. You can't even be the boss mm-hmm. because nobody can have a good idea. Nobody can yeah. try to push the ball forward. It has to be you. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening, just like Saul, you end up isolated. Yeah. You end up alone, mm-hmm. which weirdly I feel like is the biggest fear of people right. who are insecure right. is that nobody likes me. Nobody will. I'm going to yeah. end up alone. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So sorry. I felt like that went like deep for a minute. That's so like, good. I love it. But I it's think- the truth. I've been like reading this story like a hundred times and it is just, it's just there. Yeah. Like I feel like Saul is God's warning to the world about what insecurity can do to a human spirit. Right. And you would look at someone like Saul and typically think like, oh, he was so prideful. <laughs> but at like the root of all of it is like this deep wounding insecurity. And I think people say all the time that like insecurity is the biggest like killjoy or like the biggest like thing that will take joy away from you. But it steals more than just your joy. Yeah. Like it steals relationships from you. It steals purpose. It steals like calling. It steals potential. Oh yeah, it steals your future because no matter what, you need people to accomplish the call that God has on right. your life. And if you can't ever work with people, 
you're not going to accomplish everything that God has for you. You will always be living below the fullest potential of your life because Mm -hmm. you you cannot stop thinking of yourself. Everything is self-obsession, but bent towards a negative. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's pride and it's like shadow form. Um, Yeah, yeah, dude, insecurity will wreck you. Right, and it takes no prisoner. Like it, it destroys. And and maybe I just feel like for whatever is like you know, like God's trying to do in my life. I feel like I always talk about when I'm walking my dog because that's just normally when <laughs> I talk to spiritual God. spiritual moments. Yeah, but I literally, I'm not even going to over-spiritualize it. Like I was walking Mac, I was thinking about all of this, and I felt like God said to me, just plain and simple, get rid of insecurity, mm. like period. Yeah. It wasn't like get rid of insecurity because I've got great things ahead of you. And you just know, <laughs> no, he literally just said eradicate insecurity yeah. from your life. Wow. Um, and so in some ways it's been hard because I've had to humble myself and celebrate others that I've been using as sort of like a moving target mm-hmm. of like, like, uh, uh, like the motive police. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you'll, f- a, a telltale sign of an insecure person is when they're the motive police. You know right. what I mean? Questioning everybody. Oh, anytime yeah. somebody does anything good and you've got somebody who calls their motives into question, yeah. they're telling on themselves. They're just right. insecure about what this person accomplished, normally because yeah. they wanted to accomplish it too. Mm. Um, but he's like, stop being the motive police. And honestly, one of the hardest things for me, and again, this is like this is stepping out of false humility, was like embrace what you're good at and be yeah. good at it. And stop looking at what others are good at is what you need to be good at if you want to accomplish X, Y, and Z in your life. I made you good at some things for a reason. Mm -hmm. You suck at some things for a reason. (laughs) It's because I want you to do this with people. And you need people who are good at what you suck at. And you need to be good because you'll be good at what they suck at. And you'll accomplish something together better than if you just tried to go solo and do stuff on your own. Yeah. So and it's like it's Christ in you. Yes. Oh my gosh, it literally is like I think we can get so almost like like we covet like these things and these qualities about us or like oh, I'm just this kind of person or I'm just like this discerning person, you know, and like convince ourselves that it's one thing, but it's like everything good in you, everything every gift, every calling, everything like that is from Christ. And you can't do anything apart from him. And like where you lack, Christ makes up for. And it, it's not that like where you lack, you need this person to come in because you suck and they're better. It's yeah. like, no, <laughs> there's a bigger picture, like you said, that things are being accomplished with people, with the body, like it all in God's design. And there's always going to be somebody better than you. Yeah. Like you're an amazing preacher. That's why <laughs> there's going to be better preachers out there. I, I heard somebody say this. And I, I think at first it sounds weird, but like you are not the body of Christ. Mm. We are the body of Christ. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think like when you feel like you have to be the body of Christ, you try to become super self-sufficient. Mm. Like you try to be, you try to become great in every area of your yeah. life. Like you're not the body. We are the body. The mm. church is the body. God designed you to be good at some things for somebody else to be good at some things. And when it's done correctly, out of a spirit of humility, there's a synchronicity and a unity. That's why that's why Paul talks so much about like protecting unity within a church. Yeah. There's unity 
when other people are able to be celebrated for their strengths and not compared to because it makes you feel like there's something like wrong with you. Yeah, that's so good. For not having that. So Yeah, there's greater purpose. Yes, for any young adult out there listening to this podcast, there is nothing that will keep you from your calling more than insecurity. Yeah. Like I would challenge you the way God challenged me. It wasn't, he didn't like, yeah, like I said, like bring some kumbaya, like haiku or anything. Like he just said, eradicate insecurity. Yeah. For this next season of life, you need to get rid of insecurity, period, point blank. He didn't say why. He didn't say like it, when you do this, uh-huh. uh, you're going to step in. He just said, get rid of it. <laughs> and I think that it's because it, Knock it off. no matter what your future is, if you're going to be a pastor one day, if you're going to be a business leader, mm-hmm. if you're going to be a stay at home mom, you want to talk uh-huh. about insecurity. Yeah. All these, all these people posting like their parents, there's some of the biggest insecurities I felt were like have been like as a parent. Yeah. All these freaking Utah moms posting yeah. like all their, their stuff about how their kid has never watched a minute of TV yeah. and <laughs> has never cried. I'm like, first off, that's a lie. <laughs> Two, like, yeah. So anyway, he was just like eradicate security. And as a young adult, like, dude, if you can eradicate security, you will make sure you are in step with the timing of God on your life. Yeah. If you are insecure, you will always be a step behind. Also, because... God knows the damage an insecure leader can do. Mm-hmm. And I think, don't hold me to this, it's like the most theological, theologically sound statement I've ever made. But um, I think God will prolong the call on your life because he knows how much damage you can cause to somebody else if you're an insecure person. Wow. Yeah. Your calling you're has... Not ready. Yeah, you're not ready to step into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, man, I think if there's, if there is something that you could do as a young adult to prep for whatever the future holds for you, it's eradicate insecurity, eradicate comparison, eradicate gossip, eradicate you always like, I don't know, just like creating narratives around people's Mm -hmm. like motives. Like if you can eradicate that, you are positioning yourself for promotion. Yeah. in the kingdom of God, because you can celebrate others, mm-hmm. you can champion others, you can be the body with somebody else and not try to be this yeah. like solo Christian hero. Because that's true humility yes. right there. And that is what God elevates. That is what God like promotes. And the Bible talks about like those who humble themselves will be exalted. Like, yeah. That is what true humble, <laughs> the humbling looks like, is not like thinking less of yourself. What's that saying? Like. Thinking of yourself less. Yeah, thinking yeah, of yourself yeah. less and, yeah, allowing it to not consume you. Yeah, because, again, There's at the heart none. of it, it's just you thinking about yourself all the yeah. time. And if you're the center of your own universe, you've got a really small universe, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, it's good. God, God's always expanding. He's always inviting more people in. Mm-hmm. And until you're a secure person, you'll never feel fully comfortable inviting other people and celebrating their strengths, watching God move in their life yeah. because you're always thinking about what about me? Yeah. You know, what about me? Like, yeah. Anyway, I could talk about this for an hour. Honestly, it's so good. Well, if this was helpful to you at all or you feel like this resonated with you, um, give us a rate, like it, whatever. Share it with people that you feel like it might speak to. Um, Like we said, I feel like this is a topic that all of us wrestle with on some level, whether it be extreme or a little bit. um, It's something that 
yeah, I've, I've experienced and I've really benefit from this talk. So share it with people. Um, and then get ready for our hundredth episode. Yeah. That will be coming up next. Um, we got lots of stuff in store. Yeah. We got some fun stuff in store. We got treat giveaway. We've got some stuff we're going to roll out with our podcast that we've been talking about for a while. Some new creative, some new creative outlets and elements. Yes. Um, yeah. So if like Milana said, give us a like, share this episode with somebody. Um, truly, truly like at least the past couple months of my life, this has probably been the most significant message God has put on my heart. Mm -hmm. This is probably honestly one of the most vulnerable podcasts I've done because so much of this, I can, I can pose it like I'm teaching it, but it's stuff that I've wrestled with. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've compared myself, I've created narratives around stuff. I've, I've been an unsafe place for others. So if, if you've need this, or you feel like, you know, somebody that could benefit from it, share it. This, we create this content so that you don't have to relive mistakes that we have made in our life and so that you can follow Jesus and and step into the call of God faster and sooner with, you know, with less like wounds than than (laughs) we might have. And so, yeah, anyway, I hope you found this valuable. Um, For all things Red Rocks, young adults, follow us on our Instagram at Red Rocks YA. Yeah, we also got a TikTok, which is... We do. Our amazing resident has what, been keeping us up to date on the TikTok. What's our TikTok? At Red Rocks YA. At Re- and I think we're, we're consistent. on... We're I on think threads. we're on threads, which, if I'm TBD. just being honest, is already like Twitter, meaning people used it for two weeks, and now I haven't logged back on. <laughs> I haven't either. Yeah, so... Um, but if you're on there... Give us a follow. Yeah, shoot us a thread. Yeah, shoot us a string. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said tweet. Um, um, but keep up with all things going on. We have a new series that we started last week at Young Adults if you're in the Denver area. Um, it's called Walking with Prophets. And we are talking about the stories um, of Elijah and Elisha. Connor's speaking this week on mentorship. Yeah, mentorship is, and how you know you're ready for the call of God on your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so get there this week. If you're in the Denver area, we meet at our Lakewood campus at 7 p.m. Um, we'll be back for our 100th episode. Our 100th episode. Give us, not next week, but the following week. We'll see you We then. are going to do a two-week, or I guess technically a week yeah, off. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, and then we're back. Yes. With our 100th freaking episode. We'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>